This is Sci-Fi Talk, the podcast on how sci-fi, fantasy, horror, and comics help us explore our humanity. This is Tony Tolado. The second part of my mini-marathon on deadly space is Europa Report, about the first mission to one of Jupiter's moons, Europa. The cast also featured Daniel Wu before his series, Badlands. More on Europa Report in a moment. You know, sci-fi is in a funny place. It just seems like a lot of science fiction movies have kind of gotten away from the science part of it and gone more towards the fiction. There's nothing wrong with a good space opera. I love the Star Wars saga. It's just easier for filmmakers to do films where the science really just takes a back seat. It gives you a lot more freedom. But this movie, Europa Report, is really cool because they actually consulted with NASA scientists from JPL to actually get the science part of it right. I had a chance at San Diego Comic-Con to attend a roundtable session with producer Ben Browning, director Sebastian Cordero, and actor Carolina Wydra. What's neat about this film is that it explores man's first trip to the moon of Jupiter called Europa, which scientists have speculated for years has the best chance for life. Producer Ben Browning discusses the concept and what they were trying to do with this particular film. What about a really realistic look, or a really plausible look, maybe, at how first contact would be? A really plausible look at finding an alien. And, you know, it's been done in all types of dramatic ways, and our idea was, how might it happen? And I guess, like, when we were developing the script, our first call was, like, we called NASA. We were part of the Science and Entertainment Exchange, and we were like, what do you guys think of the places we might find life? Where, you know, within our lifetime? That led us to, that was the sort of breadcrumbs that led to the whole movement. Now, if you had more money, what would you have done? And then joining us at the round table was the film's director, Sebastian Cordero. It's weird. I'm thinking about this. If this were a huge studio movie, is a sort of hypothesis that confuses me. It's like, they don't make movies like this. Science fiction is a different thing. It's not hard science fiction. It takes lots of liberties scientifically. It's a completely different animal. I guess, as, a, as, as filmmakers, a fantasy of making the huge version of this would be great. But when you think about a movie with a fixed perspective, you know, a found footage movie, most of them have to invent a conceit. It's like this tape was left in the forest and we found this stuff. For us, if we find life, it's probably not gonna be, it's not probably not gonna come to us. So we're gonna see it just like this. We're gonna see it on fixed cameras on a spaceship and it's gonna get beamed back and it'll have happened days before and it'll just arrive. And it was like, here's a way to, approach, to take a, st- a style and to take limitations and actually tell, I think the most, honest, sincere, compelling version of the story. I, I you know, have to add to that that I, I really think that cinematic language has developed through its limitations. You know, when, when you have a set of rules, that forces you to really explore how far you can push those those rules and what you can actually do with that. You know, I think uh, you know in any in any art form, you you have you know your your tools, you have your palette of colors, you have uh, the, the the elements that you're going to be using with. I, I, I'm a strong believer that if you have uh, just a limitless amount of, of resources and, and tools, um, ultimately I think it's actually going to harm you more than it will benefit you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, obviously, you know, you don't want to take anything to any extreme, but uh, but I do, but I do believe that this film, you know, because we, we we started out with a clear set of rules, 
from the perspective of both, you know, being faithful to the science, the, the, the hard science, as well as how the story was going to be told through the monitoring cameras, through the, through um, you know, this footage that that, that basically came back to to, to Earth, um, it it really dictated what the movie was going to to be like, and every element in the film reflects that. You know, one of the things I really liked your character was her enthusiasm mm. for the science and the exploration. She was an explorer. And I thought that was very realistic. That she was really, she really wanted to do this to really go outside and explore. Mm. Wonderful. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, that's what drew me to the character, her passion and her love for what she, what she does. And um, and it was interesting talking to a, a real marine biologist and going into their mind of, of how they view the world and how they how they live their life. And you know, uh, she said to me that she feels safer in the water with sharks and whales than with people. And all she wants to do is be in the water and exploring and, you know, and and she was saying how, you know, one area you can explore and, and you, you, you think you got it, but then you come back and it's completely changed. So it's like a never-ending search and discovery. And, 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 and so talking to her and, and reading the character, like, she was, it was her first mission. She's never been in space, but she's willing to risk everything for, for research. To, it's like, you, you almost there, you can taste it. How could you give up now? How could you? I'm willing to, to die for this. If there's, a, you know, and, and thank you for saying that, because yeah, I really, really love that about her passion. And that was Carolina Widra that joined us at the roundtable. And what was it like acting in a confined space? Are, and are you claustrophobic? No, 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 I'm not. Thank God, imagine. No, uh, I want to be able to go to space. <laughs> um, it was, um, it was. It was a very, it, 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 it was very interesting, and it was very, it was very helpful for the authenticity of being in the moment and living the moment of, of being on the ship like that. When they close the door, you can't get out, and we actually couldn't get out because we had to have somebody come in and open the door for yeah, us. It's so you couldn't. description because it's so weird. Um, a long-time collaborator of Sebastian's, Eugenio Caballero, is a Oscar, who won an Oscar for Pan's Labyrinth, a world-class designer. They collaborated on building a totally realistic, NASA-approved, actual spaceship in Brooklyn with eight cameras that we actually put in, and the, the actors went in, we shut all the doors. Sebastian sits in front of a deck of eight cameras and directs by microphone where we shot huge sequences of the movie in that way. Yeah, it's a big challenge because on one hand, conceptually, that it, it felt like the right way to, to shoot this film. You know, we're we're dealing with you know eighty percent of the material in the film comes from you know from from this interior of the spaceship, which um, you know you could really get a lot out of making it a real set of set that would work in every single direction. Um, but at the same time, you know, you're you, you know you're outside. You know, I'm basically playing mission control, and it's not uh, you know it's 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 a challenge not to be able to actually walk up to an actor and just tell them something very specific. Uh, you know, everything that you're saying, all the other actors are hearing, all the producers, everyone in the set who has headphones is, is, is listening to, and uh, and it, it be, as a director it becomes a challenge, but at the same time, um, what you're getting 
getting, what you're obtaining uh, in terms of what the actors are, are doing, it, it really is is, 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 is is terrific. I mean, they really are in, you know, in, in, in that moment. And you also start playing with a different set of tools. You know, suddenly, you know, the film is, is, is you, you don't have, you know, a dolly in or a, a camera movement that would, that would normally, um, you know, be part of your tools in another film. Here, it's, you know, when the camera breaks down and it falls apart or the position changes, then it becomes really significant. The focusing system doesn't work. Well, that adds more tension to, to, to everything you're going to watch through that camera from, from then on, you know. So it's, it's it's cool suddenly discovering different tools, you know, and tools that you will only do, you will only use in this film, because any other film would not use those. <laughs> There's more of my look at Europa Report about man's first trip to Jupiter. Let's get back now to my look at Europa Report. One of the things the film strived to do was to depict a first contact story as authentically as possible. Those two guys are from NASA JPL, and we developed the whole thing with that, and SpaceX to a point, um, completely approved. Are we, who's the astronaut that came to set? Uh, Mike Massimino is, is, is an astronaut who, he's, uh, you know, he's done spacewalks, he's in the Hubble 3D IMAX film, you know, he's one of the protagonists there. And uh, he came to visit to the set, you know, f first we, we got on Skype with all the actors and him, and he told us, you know, firsthand oh, yeah. what the experience of going through a spacewalk and everything, which was amazing. Yeah. I never thought I would meet personally someone who has actually been up there, you know. And then suddenly, you know, one day he comes to visit to the set and he was looking at all the details in the spaceship and getting actually nostalgic about, you know, having it been up there. He said it was Yeah, it was very, it was pretty accurate. And, and the thing that he said that you were saying, I remember, he said the first time he went to space, um, he felt home. When you, when it's zero gravity, when you go out there and it's zero gravity, he, wants, he felt like home, which is really... Strange. I thought it was very beautiful. beautiful. And he said beautiful it was very, he's like, you get so emotional when you see the planet and when you, it's so small. The ship was very authentic as well, but what happened to it after they finished filming? Well, we kept as many bits of it as we could. We actually tried to give it to like a science center or something <laughs> because it's like heartbreaking, but fundamentally we dismantled it. And, it's, and it went all over the place. I, 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 I wanted, yeah. I, I wanted Ben to start a, a bar in Brooklyn called the Spaceship. Completely, <laughs> it, it was like it criminal. Like, what, I mean, it was so. I mean, it was. I mean, from the outside, it was wooden, looked like the sort of spruce goose of of, uh, of, 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 of spacecraft. But from the inside, it was absolutely as what you see in the in the movie. What's very gratifying to me is it's a diverse cast. I think that's very realistic. And also as a Latino, I have to say I'm very happy that Latino directed this movie. Thank you. English language film. Absolutely. Thank you. Very proud of you. I think you did a great job. Thank you very much. The Ecuador premiere of the movie is going to be the event. Yes, it's a good place to go to. Now here's a question that was asked of all the participants: If NASA or a private company offered you a chance to go to Europa, would you go? It's a pretty big sacrifice. It would be amazing, it would be very tempting, but when you think about it, you know, everything that you have to give up, I don't know if I'm built, you know, to be an astronaut. It's, yeah, it's, Honestly, it's, uh, you know, I, that's an honest answer. <laughs> I think having this experience, the uh, same here, I don't know. It takes a lot of uh, courage and selflessness and really, you know that, you, that there's a huge chance of you not coming back. I'm going to just go back to the JPL guys. The NASA Clipper, so the Europa Clipper mission they're hoping to do in about the, uh, 2021 um, is, an, is an unmanned JPL mission. And I, when I really asked why, it's, 
because the radiation would kill you if you if you went there, or at least undercut <laughs> current now. technology. That's what would happen. And we we actually worked around it with a bunch of theoretical technology for the movie. So I'll say no thanks. Uh, <laughs> no thanks. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks, guys. And actually, next up are two actual scientists, Steve Vance and Kevin Hand, from NASA's Jet Propulsion Laboratory, affectionately known as JPL. Kevin Hand talks first. Excellent. I know that you did a lot of uh, did a lot of work with Star Trek uh, Next Generation. Consulted a lot. It made the show more realistic as much as it could. You know, I grew up watching Star Trek: The Next Generation. It's still my favorite Star Trek series. Wow. Uh, yeah. So they're they're consulting with JPLs before my time, but I'm excited to hear about that. But this one's not. So and definitely um, not. I'm thrilled that they spent so much time in the movie um, describing what's compelling about Europa, uh, how the, the same things that Kevin and I think about uh, in our, our daily lives and the reason we devote so much of our time to understanding Europa, namely, um, you know, that Europa has an ocean with twice the liquid water um, on all of Earth, uh, you know, in a body the size of our moon. Uh, and it's likely that that ocean has persisted for much of the history of the solar system. So this is a world unto itself with processes uh, not unlike those that occur on Earth, but that just occur on much different scales than anything we know on Earth. So we have an, you know, an ocean that's 100 kilometers deep, perhaps, um, and water in contact with rock that could sustain hydrothermal systems like those we find on Earth and could sustain the same kinds of processes that might have given rise to life on Earth. Was the space travel accurate in the film? Um, the movie did a really good job of portraying uh, a mission that works within the confines of available technology. and uh, they, uh, they spent, We spent a lot of time talking about uh, um, what artificial gravity might look like uh, and what kind of redundancies might need to be employed uh, you know, to, to, to have um, believable uh, space mission and for the, the crew to think really hard about uh, um, you know, how to address problems that might come up during the mission. Did you visit the set and did you say, this, this isn't right? We weren't on set, but we did interact with the, with the, uh, with the cast and the, the director a little bit uh, during the filming. This is a private mission in the film. Why can't NASA or JPL do this type of mission? Love to do it. Uh, and uh, so uh, I tell those people to, to talk to their Congress people and, and, and uh, push on it. And, and uh, part of what's exciting about this film is that it gets Europa into the public consciousness. And, and uh, uh, many people just don't appreciate the, the potential that it holds, the questions that it can answer. Um, and so um, part of of uh, pushing this kind of exploration forward is, is getting the public excited about it. So, yeah, to, uh, tell that person uh, we're, we're doing our best and uh, they need to help us out. And what other planetary body in our solar system do you think can support life? Yeah. Enceladus, Saturn's moon Enceladus, is, is, is sort of the uh, next... Um, I would argue most scientifically compelling target for um, presenting the conditions that work for life as we know it. Um, in other words, Enceladus, we think, has a liquid water ocean, the elements needed for life and the energy needed for life. 
whether or not Enceladus has had an ocean there for a significant amount of time is a different story. And, um, and so uh, it's a great target, but not as good as Europa, because we think Europa's ocean is better. And what about Mars? Mars is obviously a, a top priority for JPL and, and, and NASA, but uh, part of what distinguishes Europa is that it's a place where we think we can find living life. So we've been studying, and I want to clarify that Kevin here, Kevin and I are here on vacation. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, so, yeah, exactly. so we're not speaking for NASA right. uh, or JPL, but um, no, um, NASA has been studying uh, various designs for a mission to Europa uh, since the Galileo days, since even before Galileo mission en ended. Um, so. There's there's a mission concept that's very mature uh, and cost-effective within what what could be achieved uh, currently uh, to answer all of the top science questions. Uh, just a question of um, whether there's the will uh, to support that. It's it's a big uh, monetary commitment for for the federal government. Are you guys like treated as rock stars back at JPL, being that you're a Comic Con? The science community doesn't really care about this stuff. <laughs> the science community doesn't care about this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Is robotic exploration probably the best way to proceed exploring the galaxy? Well, I think um, the human role in space is complementary to the role of science in space. Um, certainly, um, just as we have, have spread around the world over, over the millennia to occupy all of it, uh, I believe that there's a future for humans uh, in living uh, on, on different planets and in enjoying these different environments. But um, understanding them scientifically um, is just a different, a different pursuit that's best achieved uh, robotically and remotely. What's interesting is they were impressed by the film crew's due diligence to get things right scientifically. So the film team spent a lot of time thinking about what a crew would have to do to sustain themselves against the radiation that they would encounter or, or be exposed to uh, on a long duration voyage. And this is, the, this is actually a real problem in getting humans to Mars. Uh, and the, the strategies they adapted for that uh, were to encase the spacecraft in water. So the water they were drinking was part of the walls of the spacecraft that protected them somewhat from the radiation. Uh, and then the other thing they do, did was to have artificial gravity to counter bone loss. So um, yeah, there's a lot of things that aren't really hyped up. There's no one there to explain that these are happening. They're just background for the film that make it a lot more believable. How does this measure scientifically to like 2001? It's, it's hard to compare the two films. Um, uh, 2001 is, is obviously a, a, uh, a, a classic and, and really um, set an incredibly high bar for um, uh, due diligence to, to, to science. Um, but it too took a lot of um, uh, liberties and and you know, monoliths and and, uh, uh, and 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 what happens um, uh, out there? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. And, uh, keep in mind, of course, that we didn't know that much uh, about um, Europa and, and and these other worlds at that point in time. And we had discussions about 2001 in the early stages of of, of this film, um, just in, in terms of like, okay, what kind of vibe do you want uh, to have? What kind? Of, what, what role do you want science to play? Um, I've consulted on a few different films where sometimes science is just like a 
a pretty feather on the on the lapel of the movie. Um, other times, it's you know a little more uh, in, involved. And and with this team, very iterative. And that's the secret, I think, to to getting both a good story and good science is iterating with with your science advisors and, and balancing ideas back and forth so that you can maintain good story, a good story, good characters, uh, and good science. So I kind of dodged your question. Uh, that's, a, that's a good answer. That's a good answer. And have you seen the finished product? Yeah, I think um, I, I'd seen uh, yes for the most part. I think I saw. The we saw the first screening at the LA Film Festival, and I believe that was the same version that's now being uh, made available online. Thrilled, thrilled, and uh, and I will confess that uh, the scene where Charlotte Copley ejects himself from the spacecraft. Um, still brings a tear to my eye. I think he did a good job in acting that, and I think there's a lot of drama in the movie that's, that's believable, both technically and uh, um, in a human sense. Yeah, and the way they portray scientists is, is very refreshing. Um, far too many films portray scientists as these characters exaggerated in one extreme or the other, um, and uh, and they really captured sort of the discipline of what it means to be a scientist and uh, the the passion and the drive behind what uh, why we are so um, captivated by some of these big picture questions and why we would sacrifice so much for some of this uh, some of these questions would you do anything different knowing what you've seen if you were making the film well, I, I'm imagining what you would say, and uh, <laughs> I don't want to put words in your mouth, but uh, precambrian algae. So yeah, yeah, there's there's tiny little things here and there. But, but those uh, are just minor things. Yeah, those are yeah. just very, very minor things. Um, and uh, um, yeah, in the, in the big picture, um, no, I was three. I, I, one of the things that I think Steve and I were both um, very happy with is that they didn't. Uh, less is more when it comes to the, the big reveal of, of finding life um, and so uh, I really like the fact that, that they don't um, go into a lot of the detail about the finding uh, it, it's really the, the they do a wonderful job of building to a scientific climax and then that's it Europa Report is also available on Video On Demand, iTunes, and Google Play Movies. A must-see film. I've seen it. It's really cool. It really is an interesting thing. 2001, which you mentioned during the course of the interview, it, it really had emotionless astronauts. But the cool thing about this crew is that everyone was so passionate about what they were doing, and that added a lot of realism to it. It just had a naturally realistic flavor to it, and I, I really think it really made uh, good cinema as a result. I, I certainly want to see more films like this, where the science is really paid attention to, and yet it doesn't sacrifice the story, too. There's no reason why the two can't go hand in hand. Europa Report is available on Hulu, Apple TV to rent or buy, and also on Amazon to rent or buy. This is Tony Tolado.